We all want more freedom, and a lot of us work hard now in the hope we'll feel free later. What if there was another way? A way to feel happier, more free, and confident to get better results right now. Welcome to Your Freedom Unlimited, where we share practical stories and strategies to help you show up authentically, drop your fears, and take inspired action on what matters most to you. I'm your host, Jen Ramsey. As a coach with a love for metaphysics, science, spirituality, and strategies that get results, I'll help you step away from self-doubt and create a powerful new story for your life, business, or career. Join me. Anxiety. This is unfortunately a word we're becoming much more familiar with as a community because there are just some pretty apparent anxiety triggers around us. Things like the pandemic, the political tensions that the pandemic raised, and the war in Ukraine. These are just a few of the things that are concerning us and you know, are causing anxiety. And they're pretty obvious anxiety triggers. But what about some of the sleeper anxiety triggers around us? Those things that are happening in our lives that we don't even know could be causing us anxiety. What are they? And more importantly, what can we do to manage them? Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Your Freedom Unlimited with me, Jen Ramsey. I am so pleased you're here, and this week we're going to take a really deep dive into anxiety triggers, those that are obvious and those that are not so obvious, and we're then going to talk about five steps we can take to manage this anxiety. And we're going to talk about it from an interesting perspective, from a quantum science perspective and also a spiritual perspective. So before I get into all of that, why are we talking about anxiety in the first place? Well, it is on the rise in our community. According to the World Health Organization, the COVID-19 pandemic triggered a 25% increase in anxiety and depression worldwide. That is one in four of us being affected by the pandemic. So that means if you're going to a party, if you're in a meeting, if you're going to the shopping center, one in four people in any group that you're in is going to have been affected by the pandemic in terms of anxiety or depression. And it's not surprising, it's been a big global issue and it's caused a lot of, a lot of pain and a lot of heartache for a lot of people. So if we put on top of that, the political divisions, the war in the Ukraine, and fears about climate change and natural disaster, it's actually no wonder we are all a bit on edge. And I have to say here in Australia, we've, we have had some pretty major natural disasters recently. We had some major floods in the city where I live in Brisbane in Australia and also up and down the east coast of Australia. So they, those floods were really damaging and they really impacted a lot of people. So if we put all of those obvious triggers together with some of the sleeper triggers that I'm going to talk about today, we do have a situation we've got to start dealing with. And the good news is, is that I do feel strongly that we can do something about the anxiety we may be feeling. We don't have to be ruled by it and we can live a great life despite experiencing, experiencing it. And I also need to say that the answers are much closer than we think. How do I know all of this? Because I've done it. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know that I have successfully navigated anxiety and I manage it now when it pops its head up. And I've managed to live a much happier life as a result. 
But I did have an anxiety trigger of my own recently when I had um, my accident in January. It was a real shock for me because it suddenly snapped me right back into my anxiety. And as I look back now and I see what, what happened in that time, it, I saw that it was what I'm calling a sleeper anxiety trigger and it raised for me this idea and I thought it was important to share it with you because I wondered if there's some things perhaps in your life that could be triggering anxiety or triggering feelings of, of discomfort that you may not know about. So what do I mean when I talk about sleeper anxiety triggers? Well, while it's very clear that major life events like pandemics, divorces, losses of a job or death of a loved one can definitely cause anxiety, I define sleeper anxiety triggers as those around us, that those things that could be causing us anxiety and we don't even know it. So what are some of those sleeper anxiety triggers that I'm talking about? Well, research shows anxiety can be triggered by things like caffeine, by a lack of routine, a lack of sleep, and I definitely put my hand up for that one, and a lack of self-care. So I just wondered if any of these resonate with you. And I'm talking about this today, not to create concern, but to more create some awareness that some th simple things in our life can possibly be triggers for us, and that there is absolutely something that we can do about it. I also want to say at this point, that talking about anxiety is something that can bring up uncomfortable feelings in us. I know it certainly did for me early on. Now I talk about it a lot, so I'm much more comfortable. But I do understand those feelings of discomfort. But I have to say that I started feeling more comfortable the day that I was actually got a formal diagnosis of anxiety. Why was that? Because I felt so relieved that I had that I finally had an understanding of what was going on for me because I'd been feeling so ashamed in the lead up to that about my emotions and about my reactions to things and about how I really wasn't handling my life very well at all. So when I had the diagnosis, I realized that there were other people like me experiencing the feelings that I was experiencing and more importantly, that something could be done about it, which I have done and I continue to do. So the question then comes, what happened recently that triggered me? Well, after many years of doing pretty well in this space, my accident triggered my anxiety. If you want to hear the full story on that and what I learned from that experience, um, please feel free to go back and listen to episode 70 of this podcast. But if you don't feel like doing that, to give you a very quick recap, in late January, I had a very, what I'm saying, a very unglamorous accident. I was taking the bin out. I was on my, it was early morning and I was on my way to yoga when I thought I'll just take my bin to the street on my way to my car to, to go to yoga. It had been raining though a few days prior and I'd slipped over in some runoff from the rain and I hit the concrete in our driveway really, really hard. So much so that I broke my pelvis in two places and my elbow. I was in hospital for nine days and I couldn't walk for three of those days because of my pelvis. I had some elbow surgery and then when I finally came home, I was on a crutch and I couldn't do anything for myself. I couldn't even get myself a glass of water. So I had a, a lot of support from my incredibly beautiful family, but the massive pain that I was experiencing triggered my anxiety in a way that it hadn't been triggered for years. And I have to say, it was a real shock to me. But I can actually now, beauty of hindsight, I can see how this accident was really meant for me and how I was able to get some really beautiful downloads and beautiful realizations that I would otherwise never have been able to access. 
So I want to talk now about the gifts that my anxiety trigger delivered for me. And as part of this, I'll share five steps for you to deal with any triggers that, that might come up for you and how you can deal with them. So my anxiety was definitely triggered by the level of pain that I was experiencing. Even though I was on pretty serious painkillers, I found I could manage the pain okay during the day. But as I became more tired in the evening, the pain would get worse and on a few occasions overwhelming. So this brings me to my first strategy that I wanted to share with you in terms of dealing with an anxiety trigger. So instead of feeling when you get that trigger that you have to do something, the step here is to actually be rather than do and to allow love in. So let me explain what happened and let me share with you what happened for me. So my very first experience of this quite big anxiety overwhelm happened at about half past 11 one night when I was in the hospital. I was in a fair amount of pain and at the maximum dose for painkillers for that time period when I started to feel really overwhelmed and I could feel what was going on. I felt the anxiety rising. I know enough about it to know when it's, when it's coming on. So I started to focus on my breath to calm down. I then started to meditate or pray, I can't remember which, with the intention for a breakthrough in terms of the pain that I was feeling. So initially, my meditation prayer felt like I was actually desperate and grasping. It had an urgency to it that was really laced with a lot of fear and anxiety. It, wasn't, it, it was really ramping me up. And I was starting to feel quite anxious. And then just in, a, in, in the next moment, I was suddenly filled with this incredible awareness that I was praying the wrong way. I needed to stop the grasping and the searching and the, and the desperation for the breakthrough. Instead, I really needed to allow the love and the support to flow into me. There was nothing that I needed to do except allow this love and support all around me to actually flow towards me and to flow towards my heart. And I just can't begin to share with you what a gift and a breakthrough and a, and a change that, that meant for me. I realized in that moment, instead of doing, all I needed to, to do was just to be in that moment. It was an, an incredible awareness and an incredible gift. So what I realized was that I didn't need to reach out to get help. That there's, there was actually this incredible supply of support and love all around me. All I needed to do was just let it in. I just needed to let it flow. And I needed to realize that this love and energy is around me all of the time. So in that split second, I realized that love is available to us just like the air that we're breathing. It's our birthright. It's all around us. All we need to do is be aware and take it in, just as you're taking in the air that you're breathing right now. So just close your eyes for a moment and just take a breath in. And imagine if you could, if we could be aware enough in every moment that as we're breathing that air in, so too we are breathing love in. I have to say in that moment, this was a beautiful gift and it was such a relief when I realized I didn't need to do anything that I drifted off to sleep straight away. And even during the night when the nurses came in to do their observations and so on, I was able to, when, as soon as I, they had gone, I just allowed, allowed myself to go back into that allowing state of allowing the love in, and I drifted off again. It was incredibly beautiful. So this was the first major gift of my anxiety trigger in this, in this, from this accident. 
and it resonates for me now in my daily life every day. I see when I get way too much into the doing that I veer away from being or feeling love and I, I get pushed into, into fear by doing and trying to manage and control to get an outcome. So that, that was my experience. It was a pretty extreme experience in a hospital. But I wonder, does, I wonder, does any of this resonate with you? Is there a part of your life where you might be grasping or you might be frustrated or you might just feel like you're working really hard and not getting any results? When instead, what if you actually stepped from the, the doing, doing, doing into being? What if you could just allow the positive energy of the love all around you to flow to you? Just like that air around us that we breathe in, what if you could, could allow that love in? And maybe there's a place, is, is there a place in your life where you're looking outside of yourself for the answers when actually all you need to do is to let that energy flow into you? Wouldn't that be amazing? What if we could actually accept the love that is all around us right now as easily as we accept the air that we breathe? So that was my first strategy for dealing with anxiety triggers is to just allow, stop the doing and just allow yourself to be and allow that love in. My second tip for managing anxiety triggers is to realize these answers that I was talking about, all of the answers that we, we often can look outside for, those answers are actually within us. And we also have this incredible access to the divine can, that can help us with our anxiety and all other areas of our life. Now, when I mentioned the, the word divine, if that is too spiritual a word for you, please feel free to substitute another term that works for you. It could be your higher self, it could be greater consciousness or higher intelligence. Whatever works for you, I'd just like you to substitute that word in that works for you as I share what happened next. So my second anxiety experience during my recovery from my accident was actually worse than the first, but just as profound as the first. So this happened in the early days of me being home from hospital. So I'd been home for a couple of days. I had a lot of support around me. You know, I really felt very supported, but I was still dealing with the pain. So I'd just gone to bed when I started to experience the beginning of a panic attack as a result of the pain and the tiredness that I was feeling. And before I knew it, my thoughts were often racing completely in the wrong direction. And I have to say to you, if you've ever experienced panic attacks, you know what they're like. And I have to say the thought of the attack was as bad for me as the feelings that it was creating because I, memories of those attacks that I'd had years and years before came flooding back to my mind. And to be to be frank in that moment, I couldn't believe I was back in the space again of a panic attack. But I did recognize it, so I did what I knew I needed to do to calm my body down. So that means doing some specific breathing techniques and repeating my mantra. Now I'm going to ex explain that a little more in a little while, but that's what I did in the moment. So I started to breathe calmly and repeat my mantra. And then as my body started to calm down, I once again felt this incredible sense of knowing wash over me. It was the same thing that had happened in the hospital. This, it was just like a, a knowingness came into my experience. This knowing said to me that if I truly believe I am a part of the divine, which I'd been saying for quite some time, then I could call upon my own divine energy to heal me. So instead of outsourcing the management of my pain to a tablet, to a doctor, to a carer or a family member, I truly had the power within me to heal if I chose to. 
So I realized it was time to actually insource my healing rather than outsourcing it to someone else. And I have to say, I was electrified in that moment. And I remember a healing meditation I'd read in Pete Sanders' book, You Are Psychic, a year before. So I did the meditation. I envisaged generating healing energy coming from inside my arm and also healing energy flowing into my arm. I've continued this meditation regularly and everyone, including my surgeon and hand therapist, have commented on how quickly and how well I have healed. I'm well and truly on my way to a full recovery and to full extension of my arm, even though my surgeon had been managing my expectations for quite a while and saying to me that my arm would never be fully straight again. And yes, I have to say, I've done all of the things that I've been asked to do. I've taken supplements and I've faithfully done the exercises that my hand therapist has asked me to do. But I'm sure my internal meditations accessing the divine have helped me enormously. So I have to say, this experience was a gift that is truly causing a major shift in my life. I'm still processing it. It has really brought home to me again that we have the power within ourselves. We've got the power within ourselves to not only heal, but also to truly create what we truly want in our lives. We've just got to stop looking outside ourselves to everyone else for the answers. Instead, we need to look inside for this very, this incredible storehouse of energy and creativity and love and divinity that is available to us. We just need to start looking inside and we need to start feeling worthy enough to access it and to use it in our daily life. So I, I really do feel, as I said, this is just, I'm still processing what's taken, what, what I've taken in, but I, and I've talked, and I also have to say that I've talked intellectually about the idea that we're a part of the divine in recent months, but I really believe this accident and this experience that I've had as a result of the accident was sent for me to know three things that this divine energy truly exists inside of me, that I can call upon that energy to help me heal. And thirdly, that I can access this energy in any part of my life. So instead of feeling scared or helpless as I did that night when I was having that panic attack, I can feel excited and joyful that I can take action on pretty much anything. So I'm wondering how is this resonating with you? What could you do if you insourced to your own high self or your divine energy rather than outsourced? What could be possible in your life? What could you do if you suddenly learned how to access this energy and to really use it in your daily life? So in a nutshell, my second strategy for managing these anxiety triggers is to look inside ourselves and to access the healing power of our mind and body rather than always looking outside for help from others as we've been so conditioned to do. And I, I've certainly, I have been to my fair share of therapists over, over time. And I'm certainly, if you're seeing a therapist, I certainly encourage you to consider that, to continue doing that. But I also ask you to consider how you can start to really heal yourself from the inside. And the next strategy that I want to share with you is a really great starting place to do that. So my third strategy for managing anxiety triggers is to know that beyond a shadow of a doubt you have the power within yourself to calm yourself down when you are having an anxiety moment. How do you do that? By using breathing techniques and a very simple mantra that you repeat to yourself. This was a huge breakthrough for me in managing my anxiety. 
many years ago, I realized that I needed to be able to do something to calm myself down in between visits to a therapist. It was, that's, that's how my anxiety was running my life. It was, it was spiking up and down regularly. And I wasn't, I wasn't enjoying my daily life. I was, I was really dealing with it all of the time. So I learned finally to use the power of my breath and this mantra. So let me share a little bit more about that now. So you might be asking why, how does something as simple as our breath work to calm ourselves down? Because when we start to breathe consciously, our breath talks directly to our body in a way that our body can actually hear it. So we're not trying to use our mind to calm our body down. We're using our breath. We're using our body, a function of our body to talk to our body. So what we do is by using a calm, measured breath, we're telling our our autonomic nervous system that we no longer need to be in fight or flight mode. A calm, regular breath tells our physiology and that crazy cocktail of stress hormones that we get when we're in fight or flight, that a calm breath tells it that, that it's okay to stand down. The calm breath means it actually, it actually calms the system down and it stops that that release of those stress hormones like hormones like adrenaline and cortisol and things like that. So if you'd like a, an example of a simple breathing technique that I regularly use and that you can use when you're having an anxiety attack, please go to my YouTube channel and there's a link to that in the blog that goes with this podcast. So please go and visit that there. It's completely free and it's a great little technique that you can use. What I found though worked really well for me was to link the breathing technique with a very simple mantra that I repeat often. So the one that has worked really well for me is this too shall pass. You can use you can use any other word that you like. You might like to repeat the word peace or allow or I allow or I am peace. Choose a word that really resonates for you. What worked for me at that time was that was the saying this too shall pass. And those two techniques together gave me a big breakthrough with my anxiety. When I used them regularly together, I finally realized that my anxiety was not going to suffocate me. It wasn't going to kill me. It wasn't going to take me under. I used to feel like my anxiety was going to take me under, like going under a big wave in the ocean and that I wouldn't be able to get out and, and come back from that. So using those two techniques together really, really helped me in that moment. So that's a, and that's what I also use. I, I talk about um, anxiety first aid and those two elements are really powerful anxiety first aid techniques. So if you use them yourself or if you know of someone that's experiencing anxiety, please share them with, please share these techniques with them because they really, really do work. A fourth strategy that really helped me break through on my anxiety was also to come to know that our thoughts create our reality. And this is where quantum science comes in. Quantum science tells us that we are all only energy and vibration and that where we focus our energy and our thoughts, that's what's going to create our reality. So countless experiments have been done to prove, to prove this. And in quantum physics, we say that the, the observer affects the observed. So what that, means, what that means is that what I think about, what I focus on is going to create my reality. It's going to create the outcome. And... Don't take it from me, a lot of research has been done. And Dr. Bruce Lipton, who wrote the incredible book, The Biology of Belief, says that quantum science is now the most tested branch of science in the world because people have been trying to prove 
really prove if it's right or wrong. But for me, quantum science has been absolutely right. And it was the doorway for me to heal my anxiety, not just manage my symptoms. This was where I moved from just managing a bunch of anxiety symptoms to really moving on from it. Now, I've spoken quite a bit on this podcast about quantum science and, quant- and, and how we create our reality. And I've also talked about how holding specific frequencies in our bodies and in our energy field, frequencies like gratitude, trust, being accepting and allowing, can really change our lives rather than just dealing with anxiety. So if you'd like to know a bit more about this, please go back and listen to the episodes on gratitude, trust, accepting and allowing um, in the podcast. So to get access to those, you can visit the blog that's associated with this podcast or just scroll back wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, scroll back through the feed and you'll find some of those episodes. And I talk about this in a lot more detail. But I guess the point here that I want to make is that your your frequency, your your emotions and what we your emotions, what what we call your vibration, will affect your reality. If you're feeling good and happy and loving and courageous, you're you're going to be more open and to new experiences and you're going to create new experiences in your life. But if you're feeling ashamed or sad or angry or even frustrated, you're going to be stuck and not create what you want. And let me tell you, I'm an expert on stuckness. I was there for quite a long time. So this is about being really conscious about where we're at emotionally and just seeking to raise that emotional vibration up a little higher from where we are. And if we raise bit by bit, step by step, day by day, we'll get to a point where we're feeling much, much happier and much more in the higher realms of of emotional frequency and much more able to create what we want. So I guess my question to you here is that are there any areas of your life where you could consciously raise your vibration so you could feel a little happier and a little lighter? Maybe you've had an issue with a family member or perhaps there's been you know, an issue with someone at work or maybe something you've been really desperate to manifest has not yet come to pass and you feel you're feeling really frustrated. What could raising your vibration do to any one of those situations? What if you took a breath and looked and, and, and just looked at the situation from a different perspective and you changed your vibration? How could you impact that? I'm pretty sure if, if you raised your vibration in some way, shape or form, you'll get a different outcome to that situation. Now, the final strategy I wanted to share with you today in terms of dealing with these anxiety triggers and these sleeper anxiety triggers is this strategy is super simple, but it is very powerful and it is forgiveness. Are you forgiving of yourself and are you forgiving of others? Why is that? Because anxiety is so often about what we have or haven't done in our past or what others may or may not have done in the past to us or for us. And the bottom line is we can't change the past. So if something's happened that we don't like, that either we've done or someone else has done, we've got to let it go. We've got to forgive. Anxiety is also about what we or others may or may not do in the future. So it's fear of what's coming coming down the tube. So again, we need to let this go. We need to understand that a big part of healing anxiety is to forgive ourselves and others. Well, really for everything, for the things that have happened and the things that our fears make us think might happen, but perhaps might not happen. So 
Forgiveness works for us at a very powerful level. It allows us to raise our vibration because it opens up our energy field back up to love and back up to and away from the vibrations of anger, of shame, of fear and hurt that not forgiving ourselves or others can really make us hang on to. And I just wanted to also make an important sidebar here is that some people, when they think about forgiveness, they think that they might be letting the other person off the hook and they don't want to let that person off the hook for what they've done. And I do understand that people can do some pretty difficult and nasty things to each other. But I just wanted to share this with you. Karma is really a thing. And the truth of it is, is that people's actions will always catch up with them. You may not see it, but they will catch up with them at some point. And the power of forgiveness then is that it releases us from that bondage of really low vibration. So what do I mean by that? In Australia, we have a saying that you actually die of the poison, not of the snake bite. So let's, the analogy there is that the snake bite is, is when someone perhaps has done something nasty to you, but it's how you take on board the, the, and respond to that. And if you take it on board, if, if you are angry and upset over a long period of time, that's the poison that you can die of. So that's the analogy we're making here. But if we forgive ourselves or the other person, what that what means is, is that we raise our vibration and we let a lot more light into our lives, a lot more love and a lot more space so that we can do what is, what is right for us. We're, we're letting the other person go. We're being compassionate to ourselves. But most importantly, we're opening ourselves up to allow ourselves to raise our vibration to a higher level. So my question to you is this, is there any area of your life where you could forgive someone or yourself, and in doing so, really lighten your own load. And what would lightening your own load give you the space to do? Would you feel happier? Would you feel freer? Would you feel released? And with all of that lightness and energy, what could you do for yourself that could be fun and inspired and creative? I've certainly learned this lesson around forgiveness and I continue to apply it. I'm not saying I'm perfect with any of these things that I'm sharing with you today. But to really actively apply it in my life has made all the difference because I'm just, re I'm just released from, as I said, that bondage of the low vibrations and I'm in a space where I can get more creative and I can get more inspired and really have a much, much happier life. So those are my five tips. And as ever on this podcast, it's now time for me to hand this all over to you. I hope you might have found some resonance with what I've shared with you today and I'd love to hear your comments on the blog or perhaps message me on Instagram at Jen Ramsey Freedom. You can also email me at hello at jenramsey.com. So I'd really love to hear your comments. I'd love to hear how this episode landed with you. And I'd also like to know what else you'd like me to talk about on this podcast, because I want to be sure that it really meets your needs. So until we speak again, I want to send you lots and lots of love and I hope that you have a fantastic day, evening or morning, wherever you are. Take great care and we'll talk soon. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Your Freedom Unlimited. If you like this show, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate and review Your Freedom Unlimited on your favorite podcast player. 
If you have any questions, comments or feedback, you can reach me directly at jenramsey.com. Thanks for listening. 